All right, let's head out to the Harbor One Hotline. Joining us now are my former radio partner, Sean Salisbury, host at Sports Talk 790 in Houston, of course, played in the NFL. Sean, what's up, man? How you doing, Brian? Good to be with you, brother. Thanks. It's that time, man. We got baseball. We got football around the corner. We got name. Are, are you and I getting paid for name, image, and likeness? I don't know if we are, but I think we should start throwing that in for broadcasters, man. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in, brother. Good to be with you. <laughs> you too, man. So we'll start with this, Sean. So when you played in the NFL or at any time in your career, can you remember going into a season when you didn't know who the offensive coordinator was? Uh, and never in the history. It was tough enough when, for me, it's tough enough when I had an offensive coordinator. Imagine when you don't. I, this is one of the oddest, and you know my affinity for Belichick, man. I, I, I always trust that he, he, must have, he must have a plan because he always does, right? So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm assuming he does, or if he's making it, it almost feels at times like he's treating it like you do players. We're going to come, we're going to compete, and whoever's having the best day, you're calling the place. I don't know. I, I have never... And that's while we joke about it, Brian, it's a concern of mine. I'll tell you why. Most players like the consistency and the superstition, the obsessive compulsive, or just the comfort and trust of knowing that's the guy. Because in truth, players, coaches, quarterbacks, and their quarterback coach, quarterback and their coordinator, the, the, the routine you have with them, you're far closer to those guys, spend far more time with them than you do a head coach. If you're Mac Jones, what will we'll, who are you developing with the re- the relationship? So uh, I think one of the more underrated sidebars in the NFL this year is Josh McDaniels not being there, not only what he's going to do in, with the Raiders, but the consistency over all these years. Now there's other capable guys, but who is it? I find it fascinating. We're this close and maybe they have a plan and they're just toying with us now, but I would think that Mac Jones and the group, would like to know who they're going into the meeting with and who's going to be the guy, the voice they're going to listen to, the last voice they're going to hear every time they take the field and call a play. We're chatting with Sean Salisbury, former NFL quarterback, of course, host the Sean Salisbury Show, Sports Talk 790 in Houston. Yeah, it's interesting to me, Sean, because it's like, all right, so it'd be one thing if this is like a game plan thing, you're trying to hide an injury or something from your opponent, but I don't know why the hell you would try to be hiding your offensive coordinator prior to the season. And, Sean, the thing that sticks out to me is, Joe Judge's offenses in New York were horrendous, and he hired Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens. And Matt Patricia, well, he left Detroit, and the quarterback went to L.A., and he won a Super Bowl. So I just don't understand. Like, it made sense when they brought Josh McDaniels back after Bill O'Brien, of course, went to Penn State. Then eventually the Texans, like, he had done this job before. But to bring in two guys that really don't have an experience in terms of offensive play calling, is this a little perplexing to you? It is. Brian, I've always said I've been around – Great X's and O's guys that if I say, if you and I were sitting in a room and I said, a coach gets up on the board that they'll, they'll teach the X's and O's. And you're like, Oh my gosh, this guy makes it. It's like the, you know, that math class. And you're like, man, I don't quite understand this geometry or trigonometry formula. And then another teacher comes in. It's like, Oh my gosh, light switch goes on. Oh, and it's the same thing here. There's plenty that, but, but you ask that teacher to go and lead people or, go give a speech at assembly in front of the school and they're, they, they, it, it, there's no rhythm to it. Same thing. I got plenty of coaches. I don't get up and draw cover three and X's and O's and quarters and how to, how to attack a team. But when it comes to the rhythm of game planning and calling plays and staying in that rhythm, the fact that you may know X's and O's, but can't call plays. I'm not saying they can't, but that rhythm highly underrated. We don't talk about it enough when we're talking about 
the consistency. McDaniels, it was it was clockwork, mm-hmm. and certain guys. But I've been with guys that could. Brian Billick was great at calling plays, but I've also been with coordinators that a little late get it. The, the rhythm just wasn't there. Smart guys, but it just it just didn't roll off their tongue as easy. Yet they knew the X's and O's as good as the guy calling plays. So there is, and then there's some who just can do both. And in this case, you're exactly right. Maybe it's the fact with Patricia, a lot of times offensive, I mean, defensive coaches can come over to offense and vice versa because, well, they knew how to attack a def- an offense as a defensive guy. The question is who's teaching the mechanics and the, the, just the lingo that goes with quarterback play. And then Joe Judge obviously trying to get into it. But there is, it's an art. It's not just, hey, man, yeah. and you've got to do it. So maybe they can, but X's and O's guys aren't always great play callers, just like coordinators aren't always great head coaches. Well, yeah, Sean, both those guys have the confidence to do it. I mean, Patricia says he has one of the biggest yes. play calls in NFL history, and Judge said that everybody was begging him to come back. All the guys that left that were making more money, they want right. to come back and play right. for Joe Judge. <laughs> so there's that. And, hey, Bill, and Bill and Brian, <laughs> Bill, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but Bill, he's comfortable with these guys. So yeah. he knows more about them than we do because that's why they're back, and he's been, he's been known to do this, bring guys back that he likes. Okay, Sean, what's the outlook right now as you look in at the Patriots? Just because if for so many years there was that fear factor just with the guys they showed up. What do you think the – I want to say expectation, but what do you think the thought process is, is when teams play the Patriots right now? They don't have that fear factor anymore, right? I don't think so. I, I, I still think it lingers, and you're almost sitting there waiting, okay, when is, when is the next generation of fear kicking in for Bill? Now – some of the players they had, even if, even if they didn't have players, and at times they lost receivers, and that number 12 that gets under center was always the, we still got to deal with that dude. And now it's, you're dealing with a second-year quarterback who's now going to be on his second or fifth coordinator, depending on three guys are calling plays. And he's progressing, and Mac Jones is such a good processor. But no, it's not, and I, we went through that at SC. Uh, Brian, we did where we were. I mean, we, I remember when I got there as a freshman, it was like dude, when we walked into the building, it was we were already up seven nothing with Marcus Allen and Chip Banks and, and Tim McDonald and Jack Del Rio. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we went through a couple losing season, an injury, it blown out my knee. Then when we walked into Oregon, it was different. It, it was, and we, we've been going through it now. You don't know, when, when Oregon State walks into the Coliseum at my, at my alma mater, they weren't afraid. Now, it may change with Lincoln Riley. But they they walked in thinking we're kicking your we're kicking your ass, and so this is the same thing here. Now there is still Bill knows how to game plan. They've got some good players, so that's there. But that oh my gosh, we got to go to Foxborough on a national televised game and deal with them. It's different because I think people are looking at it like you and I are. They're not sure what to expect, which can be a good thing for the Patriots, but can also be a bad thing because I'm not sure they know what their plan is. And Bill always has a plan. So no, the fear factor of that wow factor. It doesn't exist, but I think that's the next level of them trying to get it back. Plus, that wow factor is now shifted to Buffalo, New York. That's where the wow factor is right now in that division. Yeah, you're right about that for sure. We're chatting with Sean Salisbury, former NFL quarterback, of course, host the Sean Salisbury Show, Sports Talk 790 in Houston. All right, so Mac Jones, Sean, it was interesting. I was reading an article about Joe Burrow and how basically an improvement in his mechanics helped his arm strength. So I'm wondering with you on Mac, because remember when he came out, everybody said, all right, Super high floor, low ceiling. What do you think the expectations are for Mac? And do you think he gets better at some of those traits things in terms of his arm strength, et cetera? Yeah, and second year elevates that anyway, Brian. I mean, now, even though he was, of all the rookies, was the best 
processor of information, to use a term we use all the time, but a guy who felt like he was further advanced as a play re- reading defenses and understanding concepts, what you're trying to get accomplished more than others. But they had a governor on him. We saw the governor in bad weather in Buffalo, and, and they're trying to run it and play some defense. And then, but he's accurate. Sarkeesian, look what happened after four years there when Sarkeesian had him when he was a veteran and had been there a while. It was like, we can elevate this. He's got plenty of arm to make the throws. It's, that's an overrated trait. He's got good timing. So, yes, and I'm telling you, the light switch goes on because what he thought he knew last year, it will, it, it's tenfold this year. Now the question is executing, and guys got to separate. But I'm not worried about Mac Jones's physical skills or does he got enough arm strength to throw a whole shot versus cover two? Of course he does. It's the next level of process of getting into a rhythm and confident and, quite frankly, having the balls to expand it for him. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they can. Is he ever going to wow you with, oh, my gosh, he's an underrated athlete. But you're not going to go in and look at him like you look at, at, at Justin Fields when it comes to just – pure physical ability and to run. But what happens is you look up and he's 25 or 29 for 275 and two touchdowns. That's what you're going to get from him. They have to expand. And most quarterbacks with his ability and the way he processes information, you're fortunate if you're the Patriots, because that ceiling you're talking about, especially when it comes to understanding what you're trying to get accomplished, he's well ahead of the curve now. And that floor, Brian, I, I think the floor has come by. I don't think there's a far drop. I don't think you're ever going to see him be a flop. Now, yeah. will we ever see him lead the league in passing? Maybe not. But I think you've got a guy that I'm not worried about his production. I've got to get more from everybody else. I think he's a really smart football player, but I think he's more gifted than people think, especially knowing where to throw it. And, Sean, speaking of expanding, so last year, of course, he has to beat out Cam Newton to get the official title as the starting quarterback. And if you go back to him in college, I mean, there was a ton of RPOs. Like that game against Notre Dame, I think he was 10 of 11 on RPOs. He was really good on play action, and he was good in both those last year, 28 of 32 on RPOs, and he was yep. really good in play action, but he, he was 17th in attempts. Do you think that type of stuff, now that Mac, it's officially his team, do you think they'll dig into that stuff that we haven't seen much in the Patriots' offense prior? Brian, they have to. They have to because if you don't, you allow the pressure, you allow the defense to shrink the field on you. The object of the game is to create spacing and lengthen the field and widen the field and to be able to spray it, to do it all around. The more, think about when you get into the red zone. And you know how we always talk how, like, man, it's tough to score from the nine-yard line. Why? They got the back of the end zone as the 12th man. They compress it. Well, if you're in the middle of the field and it feels like you're compressed because you're not expanding, they got to. Now, that's going to come into play with the guts of a play caller. Bill having an offensive, aggressive approach instead of saying, I'm going to play offense, a defensive offense, meaning keep it close, our defensive force turnovers, Let's play not to lose. Uh, if Bill says cut it loose offense and let him go do his thing, then you expand, which puts more pressure on the defense. Yes. And if you go back and watch Sarkeesian tape, and I've been a Sark guy for years, look at the things they were doing. When they were expanded and doing multiple stuff and various formations, coming off play action and stretch play action and RPO and doing different route combinations. Now, Alabama's receivers are pretty damn good, but they, that, he was at his best. Because mm-hmm. that, the, the, the processing happens so quickly. Yes, and when you've got a guy who can process, you can expand. They just got to be willing to put their ego aside and say, we've got a smart second year quarterback who, when you go back and watch tape, understands this 
you got to be more multiple. And if they're more multiple and they are not, and they're willing to, to, sorry, my dog's going crazy. He's yelling because he thinks Mac Jones is good. If they're (laughs) willing to say Mac can win us games, not just keep us close, they will. I'm a Mac Jones believer. I am. I I think he, I think they got to expand it and that, and that attempts will go up this year. They're not going to lead the league in attempts, but I need to see that the top 15, top 12, and things will change. All right, Sean, and just before I let you go, would you ever give a quarterback $230 million if he couldn't get onto Space Mountain? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you mean the measurements he's not allowed to get on? Yeah, can he get uh, on? Is he tall enough? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, if he, he wears, dude, if he, he's in Texas, I mean, he's in Arizona now. they got a lot of cowboy boots there. Put those big-heeled <laughs> cowboy boots on and he's in. Um, he's got, listen, he's got MVP potential, but, but he, I'm surprised it's that much. But the question is, who would you replace him with? Yeah. I'm not sure he can ride a ride at Disneyland, but the, you talk about ceilings. It's a high ceiling for Kyler Murray. I got to see him get rid of the brooding and now playoff time. It's time for him to maximize the building and take him to another level. But it's nice to get paid $231 million, brother. We all need that. Yeah, I saw he's making more than the entire A's, who, of course, drafted him. So good good for Kyler Murray <laughs> yeah, if you can get it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that That's is Sean right. Salisbury, right. host of the Sean Salisbury Show, Sports Talk 790 in Houston, former NFL quarterback, my former radio partner, Sean. Great catch it up, man. Great stuff. Good to talk to you, too. Give my best to your family. Always great to be on with you, brother. Thank you. Will-